Welcome to the Traveler's Guide to Life podcast, brought to you by Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, located in Potsdam, New York. Tips for a fulfilling life now until the journey's end. I'm Linda Potter. I'm a volunteer at Hospice, and I'm also a retreat facilitator in the community, encouraging people to have important conversations. And I'm Mary Jones. I'm the Director of Family Support Services at Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley, and I'm an adjunct instructor at State University of New York at Potsdam, and I teach death and dying. Episode 4, What's in Your Glove Compartment? Document Checklist. Did your family call it the glove box or the glove compartment? The glove box has long been viewed as a place to store information for the journey, like a user manual, maps, trinkets collected along the way. My grandfather always had stashed peppermint candies in his truck for us to find. What are the most important documents we need to complete and have on hand at the end of life? Well, I just want to say first, we called it a glove box where I grew up, and my dad's driving gloves were in the glove box. He wore driving gloves, which you don't see much anymore. But for the purpose of the Traveler's Guide to Life, the important documents are what you need to put into that folder, into that holder. And the first one that occurs to me, and I know that you agree, is your advanced directive. Correct. And the advanced directives really allow you to tell people what you want. Um, What is that care that you want at the end of life? Um, If your heart stops beating and you're declared dead, do you want CPR to bring you back? Do you know what that involves? Um, Do you want a feeding tube at the end of life? Um, You can no longer eat. Is that something that's important to you? Do you want to be placed on a ventilator when you can no longer breathe on your own? What is it that you want? Um, And most importantly, does your family know these wishes? When you unexpectedly go to the ER um, with a catastrophic health incident, do they know what you want? And I think that's one of the main reasons for the advanced directives. There's some of us that don't want anything done. We're good where we are in our lives. And others say, yes, we want everything. That's your personal choice. And that's also being a really good health advocate for yourself and for your family. And I think this is really the heart of advanced planning is having this advanced directive And some people get a little stymied because they think, oh, I don't want to talk about the end. I don't want to talk about death. But going back to the heart of what we talk about in this series is this is how you live a fulfilling life, that you've reached peace of mind and that you've had these kind of conversations. And this is really the important part. And I know at the Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley website, you can go and you can find the advanced directive forms for each state because they are different for each state. But there's also something called five wishes that we really like a lot and also recommend. And the five wishes really allow the individual to think um, more globally, not just about their health, but what are the things that they want the family to know? Um, What are their, what is their parting message to them? Um, What is it that they want each individual to know? And it's also an opportunity to really talk about, you know, when it comes my time, I don't want you um, plying me with all kinds of medications or saying, okay, we're going to try another round of chemo. That's not what I want. 
the next five wishes for somebody else could say, yes, I want all that. I want everything humanly possible. Um, and at hospice, we're not we're not there to say one way is right or the other. It's what you as that individual wants. And it's really about having the conversation, as Linda said, with your family to get everyone on board. There's still that idea out there that there has to be something the medical field can do to keep me alive. Um, And really, it's thinking about what does being alive mean to you? And how do you convey that to your family? Right. So going hand in hand with the advanced director, then, is somebody who is your healthcare proxy, who you've had this conversation with, who is fully aware of the choices that you're making that are right for you, and is willing to help make those decisions only when you are unable to make those decisions for yourself. Right. And I think that's a really big misunderstanding out there. Um, We certainly see it a lot at hospice is that we get family members say, well, I'm the healthcare proxy, so I'm going to make all the decisions. And it's like, actually, no, because your mom or your dad or your aunt or uncle or grandparent is decisional and they can make those decisions. You may not like them, um, but that's up to them to make those decisions. When they're no longer able to verbalize or um, talk to what they want, that's when the healthcare proxy um, steps in. And it's really about picking somebody that you are confident is going to honor your wishes. Um, you know, we've talked, Linda and I have talked about our husbands are probably not the best choice for that because they're they're going to want to do a lot of life-saving measures. Um, I know when my mom was dying, she didn't select any of her five children to be the healthcare proxy. She picked her best friend that she's known since she was two years old. And as the daughter, the oldest daughter, I was very appreciative that I was not going to have to make those decisions. And I trusted her friend implicitly that she would honor my mother's wishes. And really, you know, healthcare proxy is about who's going to honor your wishes, not who's going to say, oh, I don't care what she wants. I'm going to do it this way. Um, and healthcare proxy is so important when you look at care at end of life. What is it that you want and who's going to advocate for you when you no longer can? So you have your advanced directive, you have that completed, you assign someone and ask them to be your healthcare proxy, and this person's well aware of your wishes. Mm -hmm. So what's the next form that we would put inside our glove box? So you would really want to have an... Again, it's up to the individual, but that power of attorney Mm -hmm. and who's going to make those um, financial decisions for you um, as you're dying, who's going to make sure the bills are paid, um, that things are taken care of. But again, understand that once that person has died, the um, power of attorney ends. And that's when you move on to the executor or executrix of the um, will if there is one. Right, which leads right into the will, as you just mentioned. And at hospice, we're not here to offer legal advice. And there's mm-hmm. lots of great agencies and people that you can talk to about that. Um, it's important if you have assets that you want distributed in a very specific way to have the will and right. have someone who's the executor and go through that process. Right. Again, it takes time, but the peace of mind that it brings right. is really important. Right. So another big chunk for the glove box is the funeral plans and the funeral burial plans. And so... and. For some reason, this always seems to be a big surprise to everybody. Um, whoa, well, I didn't think I'd have to make my, you know, I wouldn't, didn't think I'd have to make um, funeral plans for my mom. 
well, in all likelihood, she was going to die before you. Um, and funerals have become more challenging um, as people are left to make decisions because they weren't made ahead of time. And there is a great form from New York State, and it's online, and it's called The Appointment of Agent to Control Disposition of Remains. When somebody dies, um, the funeral home is obviously looking at A, who's going to be paying for that, and B, who's going to be making those decisions. And what we've seen over the last um, several years is that the family that's here um, is making all the wishes, and then a family member coming from outside says, no, I'm here, I know what mom wants. Um, funeral directors really appreciate it when that form is filled out, and it designates who's going to make those decisions and how it's going to be paid for. Um, you also have to think about what it is that you want. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Um, there is many different ways that you can manage the cremains. There is many different ways that you can be buried now. Um, it's not as cut and dry as it was 50 years ago. And actually, um, cremation is growing exponentially because it's a more um, cost-effective way to dispose of the body. And everyone has to have um, disposal of the body. Um, and that's a New York state law. Right. Um, you can't just put them in the backyard without putting um, them on the deed that there's a body buried back there. And you always have to have a funeral director involved. Um, and do you have the funds set aside? Um, I think the average funeral today is probably around eight to ten thousand dollars, depending on what you select. Um, most people these days, particularly now in 2022 during a recession, don't have the resources um, for that. So how do you put things aside? And you can do pre-planning, um, make all your arrangements, um, and make those payments um, to have everything paid off by the time that you die. Right, right. And, you know, if, you, if you're driving by a cemetery every day and you say, yeah, that's where I want to be, well, make a phone call and get your deed to your plot right? and make those arrangements ahead of time. Again, it's just thinking ahead having conversations and bit by bit. And this is all part of a bigger project at Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley called the Croak Book. And Croak, standing for creating a record and being organized for advanced planning, is key. And we are going to hopefully start rolling that out in early 2023. Um, we're going to do some testing of it in, in the fall of this year. And really, it's um, a book that has all the things that we're talking about and a little bit more. And we want people to be able to design a croak book that works for them. Um, you can go certainly go on to Amazon and see all kinds of um, books out there for final wishes, um, final plans. But this is one that you really are going to design yourself. There's going to be a core um, group of documents that you can get both at the hospice office as well as online. Um, and then we'll be adding to it um, other things that you might want the family to know. Are you going to write your own obituary? There's going to be information about that, um, the funeral planning, um, and the list of all the things that you need to make sure your family has, like your passwords, your social media, where all the accounts are. So it's going to be a very comprehensive um, booklet for you to use. Um, and hospice is really excited. We've been talking about this for a while now, and we're really excited to get this um, going and launched um, very quickly. And like a glove box, your croak book uh, doesn't serve any purpose for you if it's empty. So right. keep on coming back to this podcast. Come to the Hospice of St. Lawrence Valley website, which is www.hospiceslv.org. We want to thank the Potsdam Public Library for the use of their podcasting studio. And check out that website for lots of great resources. I'm Linda Potter. 
And I'm Mary Jones. We'll see you on the road.